This is the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast session number 154, Dance as a Reawakening. Hello there, friends, and welcome to session number 154 of the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast. I'm Annette Bone, and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the joy and the privilege of sharing my journey back into the dance world after a super long hiatus, the lessons I've learned, the transformation I've experienced, and the wonderful creatives I've met along the way who also share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. I thought it fortuitous that I ran across an article from Dance Magazine with my special guest today who is featured on it. And I so resonated with her story because she, like myself, returned to dance after two decades. And so she's dancing with a company that she danced with before. We talk about how that happened, what her life is like now, what dance was like back then when she got back into the when she got into the dance world in the 70s and much more i think you'll enjoy this and learn from this thank you so much for joining me hi this is nancy alfaro professional dancer and assistant to shoe icon steve madden and you are listening to the dancepreneuring studio with annette bone Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. I had to have my guest today on the podcast. After I read her story in an article in Dance Magazine, I thought, oh my goodness, I have got to have this dancer on my podcast. What an interesting story and something that I totally related to myself returning to dance Uh, after a 20 plus year hiatus. So I would like to tell you a little bit about this awesome individual. Her name is Nancy Alfaro. And she moved to New York in 1974 to pursue a career in dance. She's danced with many downtown dance companies up until the early 2000s, including Jane Comfort and Company, Robert Wilson, Meredith Monk, Mark Dendy, and Streb Ringside. She currently works as assistant to shoe icon Steve Madden. So she has something to do with feet, right? The dancing, Steve Madden shoes. I thought that was very interesting. And there were so many things about the article about her return to dance that I just was so enthralled with. So without further ado, I want to welcome Nancy Alfaro to the podcast. How are you, Nancy? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. I was, gosh, I was looking with so much anticipation to our conversation. Because when I was reading the article, I thought it was so fortuitous that I found you because I thought, oh, my goodness, here's another dancer that returned. And it felt like and what she said, it felt like it was coming home to dance after a long hiatus doing other things. What was that process like? What was it? Did you just, I know you were asked to come back and perform a work that you had done before, but were you dancing at all, even taking any classes or anything um, during this hiatus? Yeah. What was, uh, what was that journey from stopping your professional career to Steve Madden to now? I'm totally yeah. interested. I know it's going to be very, very uh, full of uh, really cool details. Um, well, I really have not taken one. I think I had taken possibly two dance classes in the last I I really have no idea, but I remember I did take one ballet class where I jumped and I could not walk for about two weeks after that. 
Oh yeah, my gosh. It was it was crazy, which um sort of deterred me from going back because um I just felt like I wasn't able to do what I once was able to do. But you know, I was able to do other sorts of things and so that's what I focused on. Things like yoga, swimming, um working out in general, you know, um just keeping in shape and stretching. Um and that's really what I've been doing for since I since I stopped dancing, even before I stopped dancing. So how did that happen with you being asked again by Jane Comfort to reprise the work that you did? Well, Jane is having a 40th um, anniversary retrospective at La Mama in April, um, which is in New York City. It's sort of, um, you know, an avant-garde theater that's been around for a really long time. Um, I don't know if people outside of New York are aware of it, but it's kind of a, it's a great space that has allowed a lot of experimental work to develop there. So anyway, Jane's having her 40th retrospective. And about two years ago, or maybe a year and a half ago, I got an email from her asking if I would be willing or able to, you know, come back and do a couple of pieces that I had been in earlier. So I was like, yes, this is amazing. I was so excited. You know, I really needed that outlet. I felt like you know, it would be, you know, when a part of yourself is sort of put to sleep for a while, and it would be a reawakening of like a major part of myself. So that's why I was very excited. I so relate to that, Nancy, because I felt the exact same way when I stopped dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, I felt, actually, I felt quite honestly that I was dying inside. Yeah, it's soul crushing. So soul crushing. It is soul yeah. crushing. The words that you describe, I totally resonate with that. And so um, I could just imagine your excitement. And then when you were talking about in the article about it felt like I was coming home, mm-hmm. and I so resonated with that as well. And then also when you talked about muscle memory kicking mm-hmm. in, what was that process like? Um, I imagine that because you were still active with yoga and swimming, and even though you'd had hurt yourself a bit there with that one class, mm-hmm. I would imagine that still, you know, that still kind of helped you ease into it. Yeah. What else did you do? Was it just a matter of just getting back into it? How was that process? Well, luckily, the Jane's work is very theatrical. Some of it is very movement oriented. Yes. And some of it is very theatrical with movement. And in the earlier days, there was a lot of gestural work, which, you know, it's movement, but I wouldn't say it's dancing per se. Um, you know, you're not doing plies or jumping or, you know, leaping or turning. You're using gestural movement. And, um, you know, mostly with your arms and maybe some leg movements. But so, the one piece that I was doing is definitely, um, you know, oriented in that way. So I was able to study the the movement um, in a video, and it came back. I, I, you know, once I started moving, it just kicked in, kind of, and it was crazy how it it is in there somewhere. After I think it was twenty years or more since I had done that piece, something like that. Wow, that is exciting. Oh, my gosh. Well, I watched the video of it. And I was very engaged. And I thought, I wonder if the gesture work was something that you did before working with her? Was that part of your training? Was that do you feel that within your movement vocabulary that that you're more inclined to that? Or it's just because of working with her and uh, some of the other choreographers that you are? um, more gestural, or is it just a kind of a period of time where you focused more on gestures? How how has that been? 
when I came to New York, there was um, a minimalist movement happening, which was more task oriented, pedestrian type of movement. That was a big wave of, you know, it was a style and a movement. I don't know how else to say it, you know, the Judson Church, um, where, where there was more task oriented performances going on, things like walking, falling, you know, just everyday movement was being considered dance and gesture was also a part of that platform. So, you know, when I came to New York, my training was minimal at that moment. And I was able to actually start performing about a year in because of this type of dance that was going on. And it was perfect. It was perfect because it really required a lot of focus, which I had. And, you know, just an ability to walk and, you know, do things like that. So that's where it kind of started. It was already happening. I jumped in on, I was lucky to come in on that. And then um, as my technique developed, I began doing more actual dance. But I always, we did dance within Jane's work as well, in addition to the gesture. You had also talked about the uh, thing with over-rehearsing. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because I thought, oh my gosh, I, I relate to that as that as well. And maybe not so much more over-rehearsing on my part, but overthinking, which, I'm yeah. getting, which I am getting <laughs> over. So I think there's a balance on that. Do you want to talk about that with uh, what you call over-rehearsing and yeah. how that helped you in this process? I mean, I, yeah, I've been like this forever. It's not, it wasn't a new occurrence. And I just think it is a fear-based um, <laughs> thing. I think it's, oh my God, if I, if I don't rehearse this to death, I'm not going to, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to forget it. I'm going to forget what I'm doing. And so I have to really get it in there. I must, I must, you know, do this 10,000 times. And I just feel better doing that. I, I like to go out there like that. And I, I like to, I like to feel that I don't have to think um, in that way about a sequence when I'm out there you know, performing. I want to, I want to be able to delve into what the material is actually about instead of thinking about what comes next. So, you know, yes. it works for me. It works for me to do that. It's a funny thing. And, you know, people don't necessarily want to do it as much as I do. So I have to, <laughs> I have to do it on my own a lot, which is cool too. It's fine. What do you think of the dance world as it is today compared to when you were heavily involved in it before the 2000s? What what are your perceptions? What do you think has remained the same? What do you think has changed? You know, it's hard to say because I'm not working in the field um, in, a, in a company or many companies as I once did. I think that there's an issue in terms of finance that really was not as deadly as it is today. I think like, you know, we could be artists. I could work in a restaurant, say three nights a week, and I could support myself. I could pay for my classes and I could actually, you know, get paid very minimally or do it because I wanted to do it and still live. And I feel like that is impossible for people today. You know, the dance studios are few and far between in Manhattan because the rents are so high. People, you know, they have to go to Brooklyn, which is no big deal. You know, it's great. But, you know, so classes are, have to be more expensive. And just the the cost of living does not enable people to be artists as easily as it was for us to be artists. And I think that's a big change. 
let's go back to when you started working for Steve Madden. Mm-hmm. How did that transition happen? Were you still dancing and then you went full time or how, what was that process like as well? Well, I had moved from say restaurant work to support myself as a dancer into publishing for a bunch of years. And that was very flexible and it allowed for me to create my own choreography. You know, I had time, I had time. And I also had a child that needed to be supported. So, you know, I had to take working more seriously. It wasn't just about me, you know. So publishing was great. It allowed a lot of freedom to still be performing, um, even though it was kind of full-time-ish. It was more flexible. And then publishing sort of with the internet, it started, things started folding and everything started changing. And the pay there was not really as much as you would need to live in New York. So I got a call from Steve Madden and it was a big decision. Ooh, I've never done something like this before, but I jumped in. It was crazy and it's been a very nice ride and I'm able to still do what I'm doing now. Even, you know, it's taken a lot of years. I, I did do some writing during my time with Steve and some performing also. And, um, now I'm doing it again. So it's, it's worked out, but that was definitely a, a, you know, a support yourself move and your family move. I imagine it's got to be interesting working with him and his company. What, um, what do they think about you getting back into dance what, with this recent performance? Actually, um, You know, it's been fun. He, he told me, I, I actually, <laughs> it was funny because I came in, he goes, Oh, I hear you performed at Joe's pub the other night. And I'm like, how did you know? And <laughs> He had somebody was there that saw it and, you know, had told him because I didn't really want to bring it up a lot because I wanted to get through these first couple of performances, you know, just see how it felt and, you know, just get back into it before I started bringing a lot of people. And um, but for this one, it's going to be great. And, yeah, people are really excited. They think it's really cool. They had no idea that I did this or, you know, this kind of thing. Uh, okay, so it's not something that you talk about with your colleagues that much, like they, unless that you it came up in conversation, then they wouldn't really know your career in dance. Yeah, I mean, certain people do, but I, it's not like I go around saying, "Oh, you know, I was a dancer." I don't know if you know that, you know. So, <laughs> you know, I'm just who I am there. You know, it's kind of another role that I'm playing. What do you think are the three most important things to focus on as a performer? I think enjoyment is one. Really letting yourself enjoy uh, the process and the performance. Um, and I think focus and preparation, you know, I think those are really my th- things that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, simple, but putting the work in, mm-hmm. it's just basically... Yeah. Put, and I feel nowadays that it's too easy not to put the work in unless, you know, I don't know, I guess it depends on the project too. At least in LA, it's kind of get in, get out, let's get the product done. It's not mm-hmm. so much about the development mm-hmm. of the project. It could be, there's some things that are, but for the most part, it's a very, with the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. it's very much about speed and the entertainment value, which I'm all for as well. There's a place for that as well. But for me, I'm finding at getting back into dance after all this time, I'm really relishing the process mm-hmm. and the thought behind the choreography and the development of characters and the development of the story, which before I, I was kind of into, but it was more about the exterior, 
you know, afterwards what what it produced. But now I don't know if it's because I'm older mm-hmm. and I appreciate it more <laughs> that I'm really enjoying that and getting into the history of, oh, you know what? I thought I learned this in college, but I guess I wasn't paying attention, you know? Right. So, um, you know, I'm really, really just appreciating this time being back, uh, having a different perspective mm-hmm. on it and, and uh, being able to do things now in my forties that I couldn't even do in my twenties, which wow. I didn't think was possible. Oh, that's great. So I'm, I'm so thrilled about that and just the journey and stuff. And so when I found you mm-hmm. and I read about you, I'm like, oh my gosh, she is so awesome yeah. that she's doing this. And, you know, she's putting herself out there again and being vulnerable yeah. and do and doing all these cool things. And so what's next for you after this April performance? What else is coming up? I was thinking about that today. I was thinking, well, prior to the performance, I'd actually like to do some showings and, you know, have some people seeing it because. I don't want to get out there and suddenly have like all these people and freak out or something, you know, not, not that I really think I would, but I think it'd be great to have some upfront showings and afterwards, I really don't know, but I feel that, um, you know, there's a great possibility that I'll get more work after the showing, you know? Awesome. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. So much to look forward to Nancy. I mean, just you doing, get agreeing to do this this again after a, a long hiatus. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about two decades, it's quite a long time to give up something that you love. I'm yes. like, wow, that yeah. is just a long time. And so that's why I so resonated with your story. And you know, I didn't realize how many articles you had written for Dance Magazine yeah. that are so helpful on health and fitness and your different reviews on things. So I'm looking forward to getting back into those and reading those oh, as well, cool. because I really enjoyed mm-hmm your, um, you know, sh- you sharing out about da- dancing again with Jane Comfort. Mm-hmm. And I'll link all of your information in the show notes so we can share it and promote you and promote your business and all the cool things that you're doing. I have a couple other questions I would love to ask you about uh, dance. Um, sure. I call it the dance printer in quick step. So number one, dance style you haven't tried but would like to and why? I haven't tried. Let's see, I'm trying to think of what I haven't tried. Well, I have tried it, but I was terrible at it. Um, I would like to work on African dancing. I would like to try that. Ooh. And cause I think you yes. know, all the drumming and everything, and it's just, it's great. Like it's a very good vibes and energy. And I would like to, I would like to do some more of that or some of that. I have to mm-hmm. find the right class level, you know, there's no shortage of them in New York city, right? <laughs> I don't know. I really haven't checked into it much, but that's one of my, my goals is to get into there some African dance. Nice. Yeah, yeah I agree. Mm-hmm. Who is your favorite dancer or choreographer and why? Uh, favorite? Well, among my, I, I would say the Pina Bausch. Pina Bausch is. Oh, yes. Yeah, because it really combines theatrical and movement and visual and emotion. And it's just, it's, it's such a combination of everything that interests me in about performing. And it's eccentric and, you know, really character driven. I really, I really, her work is the pinnacle of work to me. What is the dance style that currently describes your day and why? What does that mean exactly? Like if I, if you were to, to, to tell me a dance style that is currently describing how you're feeling at this moment, what would that dance style be? Hmm. I would say probably like a William Forsyth. Oh, 
You're the first one that said that. No. Why? Why is well, that? Well, it's very political on a certain level, and it's disciplined, yet there's a lot of wild, something wild about that, something edgy that appeals to me in his work. And that style of movement is balletic, but it's kind of thrown away, you know, throw vigorous ballet type movement. I, I like that. Yes, I like that too. That's a great description. So if you want to find out more about Nancy, I'm going to link her information in the show notes at AnnetteBone.com. And you will also find her social media profiles. And I highly recommend that you check her out. Nancy, it's been so wonderful to talk with you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I'm so excited to see what you have coming up. Well, thank you so much. That was really fun. If you would like to continue our conversation, I would love to have you in my private Facebook group, The Dancepreneuring Collective. Send me a direct message and I will be happy to add you and I would love to get to know you better. If you found this podcast helpful or any of the other sessions helpful, I would really appreciate a rating, a review and for you to subscribe on either Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio or Google Play. And that way I can continue improving it as well as get your name out on a future session of The Dancepreneuring Studio. Until next time, I pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I really look forward to talking with you again. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at AnnetteBone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at AnnetteBone.com. This podcast copyright by AnnetteBone.com and Dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.